Alvin Weinberg was uh, one of the strong supporters and, and leaders in the effort to bring the International uh, Friendship Bell into from a concept to actual into reality. He and Herman Postma took the took the lead there, and uh, uh, it was the uh, actually the the fiftieth uh, anniversary in the nineties is when uh, the concept for the bell came about by uh, Shigeko Upaluri and her husband Ram Upaluri made the suggestion to the committee of fifty, and uh, that suggestion was accepted. And then it took another three years to get the bell actually funded through private funding. And again, Alvin Weinberg even donated significantly from, for the private funding. And uh, I, I believe sold one of his medals that he used in, to give, contribute to the, wow. to, to the bell. Welcome to ORAU at 75 a special series celebrating ORAU's 75th anniversary from the creators of Further Together, the ORAU podcast. We stand on the shoulders of scientific pioneers like Dr. William G. Pollard and Dr. Alvin Weinberg, who built and grew what started as the Oak Ridge Institute for Nuclear Studies. Learn about the history of ORAU through the words and memories of the scientific leaders, experts, and everyday people who have made ORAU what it is today, a university consortium on the cutting edge of the nation's scientific enterprise. Happy Wednesday and welcome to Further Together, the ORE podcast. As part of our 75th anniversary celebration, I had a conversation with Ray Smith, who is, to put it mildly, a historian about all things Oak Ridge and the Manhattan Project and all of the work that has happened um, in Oak Ridge over the last 75 years. So he knows ORAU and all of the contractors and government facilities very well. This was a really interesting um, conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Let me just start with um, asking you to tell us, Ray, who you are. Sure. Uh, I'm Ray Smith. I'm the uh, Oak Ridge City Historian. I worked for Y-12 for 48 years and retired as the Y-12 historian, <clears throat> having spent the last 10 years of my career in that role and uh, thoroughly enjoying it. The reason for delaying my retirement as long as I did is because I was having a, a really good time. Uh, awesome. <laughs> get, doing those those types of things and and. I enjoy history. I actually got started in history just briefly back in the mid seventies when John Rice Irwin, who founded the Museum of Appalachia, uh, asked me to make a picture of a statue that was on a uh, grave up in Granger County. It was a statue of Nancy Ward, Cherokee Indian. And uh, so I did, I made that picture and then uh, that was put in the Tennessee Blue Book, and I thought, well, I've, I've made a picture of this Indian statue. What's behind? What's the backstory? Mm -hmm. And and I learned that it had been placed on a white woman's grave and stayed on there for some seventy years before being stolen. And uh, so that was an intriguing story. However, working at Y twelve, I couldn't help but think 
there's so much history here about the Manhattan Project. At first, I thought it was too complex. I couldn't get my hands around it and, and understand it. But actually, I, I found out that it while there are lots of complexities associated with the Manhattan Project, not the least of which is how Warrior U uh, was formed, but that, that, that was an intriguing history that, uh, that I became interested in. And the Y-12 was kind enough to build a history center and to allow me to, to, to begin to take tours inside Y-12. Took the first people into Beta 3, where the Calutrons are. Took 2,000 people in there over a weekend. And, uh, and I've done that three times over the last 10 or so years. Well, 15 now. And, and so that's a part now of the Manhattan Project National Historical Park. Right. And uh, and I'm proud of that. About five years ago, I became the uh, the official historian for the city of Oak Ridge, and Bill Wilcox was the historian prior to uh, to my taking that role. He uh, when he passed away, then then uh, I had recommended him for the history position, and then when he passed away, the city council asked me to to take up that role, and I'm glad to do it. Wonderful. Um, you talked about the, the seeming complexities, at least at first glance, of the history of Oak Ridge and the Manhattan Project. Um, I, I know just from reading our own history that ORAU sprung sort of sprung forth from the Manhattan Project. Yes. How did that how did that come to be? Yeah, that uh, that is an interesting story. And one of the most interesting facts about it is how the original idea came to be. And uh, of course, William Pollard is the one that, uh, that spearheaded the effort. He was a professor at the University of Tennessee. And uh, he, uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm working with uh, Lee Redinger now on, on writing a book about the history between the University of Tennessee and Oak Ridge. And one of the stories we will include is this particular one. Uh, and we, in our research, we found some letters that Dr. Pollard wrote to the University of Tennessee and, and him and uh, uh, encouraging them to be a part of the research associated with the Manhattan Project and to give mm -hmm. him a leave of absence to go and participate. But the actual beginning that you're asking about took place almost immediately after the Manhattan Project, after the war ended. Uh, Pollard was thinking about how, how important this X-10 graphite reactor was. And on one occasion, he was having dinner with Catherine Way, Kay Way is, uh, was her name. She was a scientist during the Manhattan Project as well and had, had worked here at, in Oak Ridge and had gone away and then had come back. And in that dinner, she suggested that, she, that uh, Pollard should get some universities to join him and that they should work to make Oak Ridge National, Oak Ridge, the X-10 graphite reactor become the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Okay. She thought it was that important. He took that idea and along with another professor at UT, joined into an effort that, uh, that actually led to them getting 14 Southern universities 
to join uh, their consortium so that they could begin to apply political pressure. You have to remember that this was in the late 1940s, and they mm-hmm. were forming national laboratories in New York, uh, in Chicago, out in California, but there was not very much political sentiment for putting one in the South. Now, you have to remember, that's not all that far from the Civil War, and there was still some resentment toward that kind of industrialization, that kind of scientific research in the South. Now, be that as it may, he was able to overcome that and was able to get that uh, that designation that provided for the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And this, this happened in February of 1948. It's when they actually gave that designation to the laboratory. So Pollard realizing how important it was to get these college connections to the laboratory formed the Oak Ridge Institute for Nuclear Studies. And that orange what is the beginning of what evolved into the Oak Ridge Associated Universities. And Pollard was the leader that, that made that transition, that uh, established that uh, Oak Ridge Institute for Nuclear Studies. So that's the beginning. One of the most uh, significant aspects of Oak Ridge Associated Universities that the public is generally not aware of is the Health Physics Society Museum of uh, Instrumentation, the instrumentation associated with radioactivity. Uh, that little that museum is available online. If Ed, you can get to it through the orau.org uh, website. Uh, but it's not open to the public. It's one of the premier museums uh, in the nation with that kind of uh, that instrumentation and things associated with radioactivity over the years. And uh, Paul Frame is the person that put that museum in place. And and uh, it's an excellent experience. I've been able to take a few people through there on tours, but it's not open to the public. Hopefully at some point in the future, it might be. But uh, that's something else that ORAU has contributed uh, that's a significant contribution to the nuclear age. One of the things that we're working on with regard to that is revamping the website that, uh, so that more people can, you know, it's a little, you know, all of the items are there, but it's a little hard to yes. sort of figure out what you're looking at. Um, so we're, we're in the process of revamping that website so it's a, a more um, interesting and fun, you know, yeah. user experience. So, but I agree with you. I would love one day to yeah. open up the museum to the public. There's so much of interest there, and um, I had the pleasure of Paul taking. We we only got to film about half of it, um, so we need to go back and maybe after the pandemic is over and have him talk through the other half of it, but just to hear him tell the stories of how he acquired the items and right. you know, how people even today still ship him things that you know, <laughs> yeah. might be of interest from the history yeah. of, of health physics. So, yeah, you, you definitely need to finish that project. The future generations will benefit, but 
they'll benefit more greatly if Paul tells the story than if anyone else. So I know he's retired, but get him back and finish that project. He, I you think he's probably it. over in South Carolina now, but or North Carolina, I forget which. But he'll come back. I need to, I need to get him to do an episode of the podcast too, so he can yes. yeah, definitely. talk about everything. So yeah. that would be wonderful. Right. Um, so, Ray, who... Not to make aspersions about your age, but um, who who of the people from ORU's history have you been able to meet? Did you know, work with, um, that sort of thing? One one of the people that I was fortunate enough to know and and to interact with is uh, Alvin Weinberg, who worked at ORU after uh, his tenure over at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And, and while uh, he was involved nationally in nuclear energy, uh, he had an office in ORAU's buildings over, over near the federal office building. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and he continued his work for a number of years there with the Associated, uh, Oak Ridge Associated Universities. Alvin Weinberg was the person uh, that I consider to be the uh, Oak Ridge's preeminent scientist and and one who contributed most significantly to the especially nuclear power industry. That number one, he he and Admiral uh, then Captain Rick over back in 1946 uh, joined hands and and Rick over came down and and attended uh, the very first reactor training school, uh, actually put on by Eugene Wigner, but he went, he realized that if you use highly enriched uranium, you could make a reactor small enough to fit in a submarine. And that was the origin of the nuclear Navy. Now we're working on a project now, uh, a team with led by Ronnie Bogard, working on a project to digitize uh, and make available online Many of the uh, documents and records and papers that uh, that Alvin Weinberg left, and it's it's really fun to look through there at the in, uh, the the correspondence between Rickover and and Weinberg. He he was invited to the launching of the Nautilus, the first nuclear wow. submarine. So Alvin Weinberg is one that I, that comes to mind that. I was proud to know and, and that had uh, had an affiliation with Oak Ridge Associated Universities late in his career, but but he did he did have that association. Another one that I was delighted to know is uh, Roger Cloutier. Roger was a, a leader for a number of years in uh, in Oak Ridge Associated Universities and and actually started a number of the programs that are still uh, working today. And Roger would always contact me when he had a story that he wanted me to write into historically speaking. He would invite me to come over to his house and I would go over there and he would sit me down and tell me what I was needing to know so that I could write the story and give me some references to go check. So he was, he kept, he, he had a, now he didn't just do that to me. This is the way he worked with, with everyone that he knew. He, he could, he could talk you into uh, taking on the assignments. My wife, Fanny worked for 
uh, in his organization for a number of years. And even up until near his death, he was still calling Fanny and giving her assignments uh, to do as far as some get togethers they had and those kinds of things. But uh, one of his employees was Evelyn Watson. Uh, Fanny worked for Evelyn probably some, I don't know, 15 years. Fanny was out there for 35 years. But for uh, about that period of time, she was the uh, administrative support to Evelyn Watson. And Evelyn, as you know, joined, or may know, joined ORAU as a... uh, uh, as a clerk typist, but worked her way up to a, to a scientist and actually uh, led the internal dosimetry program for a number of years. So Evelyn Watson is one that, uh, that I knew well and admired who, who worked at ORAU for a number of years as well. So there are some examples of people that I personally have interacted with. And of course, I know several of the ones who are, who are still there today. Uh, Pam Boney's a good friend. We, uh, she and I are working on a project to actually put a sign, a, a historical marker up where the building stood for the Orange organization. And, uh, and we've gotten that approved through the historical commission i'm a commissioner on the tennessee historical commission so i'm able to help her there to uh, to get those approvals and i hope to see that sign going up before too long so that, that's, that's some of the connections i have personally with oreu awesome thank you for that um one of the things that people may not know people you know grades may know but people generally may not know is that um a bit of the science of like using radiation for medicine um, originated here in Oak Ridge and even on ORE's campus back in the old days with the medical division. Um, can you talk to, talk about any of that that you may know? Uh, yes, I could talk some about the medical division. It, it uh, as you know, there was a, a huge controversy about it afterwards. Not not well done, in right. my opinion. And but uh, the 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 fact is that that medical division extended the life of a number of the, of uh, cancer terminal cancer patients and was able to learn a lot about uh, how to treat cancer and uh, some major achievements taking place there during those early years of research into into the treatment uh, and understanding of how cancer works. And of course, there were also at, at where the South Campus is today, there, there was the years of experiments out there that associated with the Carl uh, area and, and the... Uh, Center for Oak, Oak for Animal Research, and uh, and a lot of research was done in that area as well as uh, as the research you're speaking of in the medical division. So, actually, Oak Ridge is the origin of nuclear medicine. Uh, the very right in 1946, the very first uh, radioisotopes were created at the graphite reactor and then uh, actually began shipping them to uh, medical facilities. So, and, and Oak Ridge Associated Universities was involved in making those connections and working in that area as well. 
it's amazing to think about that. Um, and we talked about Paul Frame's collection, and one of my <laughs> one of my favorite, but also scary items is one of the glass um, radio tubes that um, mm-hmm. was used, you know, on one's backside, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> imagine shoving, <laughs> putting that where the sun doesn't shine. Uh, I understand. They did some yeah. really strange things uh, back really in did. the early days. <laughs> they did, but look how much they've learned and how yeah, much you know, absolutely. they've progressed. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, um, Ray, what about interesting events, other interesting people? Um, you know, I know ORU has certainly changed a lot from its origins over the years, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. focus and mission, but you know, we've always been a university consortium. We've always worked with, you know, the Department of Energy. And... Yes, the uh, actual from those 14 Southern universities that formed that first consortium, uh, ORAU has grown over the years to where now there are over 100 universities that are a part of the consortium. And uh, they've continued the forming the nonprofit of ORAU and mm-hmm. then operating the, the O-RISE uh, portion for the Department of Energy. And over the years, I've, uh, I've known Ron Townsend. I knew him well, worked with, with him on some of the historical aspects of ORAU. And, and then uh, uh, when uh, Evelyn Watson retired, Dick Tuey came in and take, take over, took over in those areas. And uh, uh, I, I knew him. Eric Abelquist is someone who uh, I've worked closely with for a number of years, primarily in, uh, in the uh, nonprofit arena, serving on boards with him. And that, that's another area that ORAU has been consistent in. Uh, throughout its uh, time here in Oak Ridge, it is participating in uh, the support of nonprofit areas uh, such as United Way and uh, Aid for Distressed Families of Appalachian Counties, uh, those sorts of things. ORAU is good to provide uh, board membership and financial support to, uh, to those organizations. Um, one of the more recent um, support projects that um, not only ORU, but, you know, I know Y12 and ORNL um, participated in was the refurbishing of the Peace Bell and the park where it's housed. Um, talk about the importance of the Peace Bell to our city, but, you know, our sister city in Japan is what, you know, and sort of that relationship. Of course, uh, Alvin Weinberg was, uh, one of the strong supporters and, and leaders in the effort to bring the international, uh, friendship bell into from a concept to actual, into reality. He and Herman Postma took the, took the lead there. And, uh, uh, it was the uh, actually the the uh, 50th anniversary in the 90s is when uh, the concept for the bell came about by uh, 
Shigeko Upaluri and her husband, Ram Upaluri, made the suggestion to the Committee of 50, and uh, that suggestion was accepted. And then it took another three years to get the bell actually funded through private funding. And again, Alvin Weinberg even donated significantly from for the private funding. And uh, you know, I, I believe sold one of his medals that he used in, to give, contribute to the Wow. To, to the veil, but it continued to, uh, to be a, a, an issue that needed leadership to bring about at the time in the nineties, there was not universal agreement in the city of Oak Ridge that, that the friendship bell was a good idea. There were those that were, were still resentful of the Japanese, mm. unfortunately. So there was some controversy associated with it. Uh, one of the individuals most uh, uh, who actually had more to do with the changing of the city council's arrangement, their first arrangement was to put a chain on the bell striker so that only you know, it could only be rung with permission from the city council. Now, that seems a little silly as we look back on it now, but it wasn't at the time. It was a very controversial issue about whether that was a religious symbol, a Buddhist-type bell, or uh, whether it was an apology. So there, there was a lot of resentment that had to be dealt with. But uh, one of uh, Jim and Priscilla Campbell's uh, daughters, uh, Elise, I believe, uh, went to the city council and, and convinced them that it would be best if they would just take that lock and chain off. And they did. Now, you got to know that behind that uh, encouragement from that young sophomore in high school was a, a, a very, a, a very interesting combination of Weinberg and, and uh, Postma. So <laughs> they helped her in a number of ways to know what to do and how to do it. But she was the figurehead that accomplished it. Now, the Oak Ridge... Uh, International Friendship Bell has moved from its first pavilion, which uh, after about 20 years, that because of water damage became unsafe, and it's moved to a new location in the center. It's now the focal point of the Al Bissell Park area within eyesight of ORAU's uh, latest uh, building constructed there and, and near the Pollard Auditorium. So ORAU has a... a a ringside seat for the for the friendship bell and i'm glad to tell you that it's always on my tours when i bring people through oak ridge and one of the most recent tours i had was with a russian travel writer and he okay. took an enormous interest in that bell and just was really uh it was he was really struck by the relationship between naka and the city of Oak Ridge, our sister city in Japan, and the fact that they had contributed to the to the expense of casting the bell, that it had been cast in Kyoto, and that it was now a uh, icon, an icon of of Oak Ridge uh, that we're very proud of, and it has it has become the symbol of Oak Ridge, and uh, it's now considered and utilized and 
in promoting peace, which I think we're very, very proud that, that that's come to be. I remember the night, the afternoon that it was rededicated at the new space and, um, you know, the ambassador from Japan, you know, was here. Um, it was, you know, just a remarkable coming together of the whole community to celebrate peace and friendship. It was, it was yes. a great day. So, um, Ray, is there anything I'm not asking you that you want to talk about or are you any hidden secrets that people may not know? Well, I don't know of anything right off the top of my head. I'm okay. sorry, but I not doesn't have any don't have anything that uh, I, I might I might share just a little bit of uh, my wife Fanny working there and her uh, yeah involvement. Yeah, she uh, as I say, she worked for Evelyn Watson in the internal dosimetry group, and uh, and she she helped to. Uh, prepare reports and, and do research. And of course, one of the things that she uh, learned about through ORAU was the radium dial girls, uh, the exposure that these young women had to uh, radium when they were painting the watch faces and they would mm -hmm. dip their brushes with their tongue and paint, you know, point their brushes and then paint the radium onto the dial. and they didn't realize what they were doing was putting that radioactive material in their system. And right. uh, that was, I think the first report or the, that, that she actually helped to, uh, to prepare and write about. And uh, I remember her coming home. So intrigued by saying, Ray, can you imagine I'm working on this, you know, and getting excited about that. And, and other things, as you know, ORAU <clears throat> has the, uh, facility that responds to all radioactive accidents across the nation and has responded for years. So Absolutely. That, yeah, that's also one of the ORAU's uh, hidden gems. Not, not much is said about it, but uh, I've been able to take some tours over there too as well. So that again, that's one of uh, uh, service that ORAU provides to the world and does so so very well. It's an interesting tour over there, especially when you get back in the lab to see um, the autopsy table that they use for um, there. victims of radiation. And... Yeah, let, let me tell you how that name came to be, the reaction facility. Yeah. They, uh, they started out by wanting to name it a reacts facility, and, and they set that in place, and I wish I'd been better prepared for this, but I'm, I'm going to try my best. They okay. put the uh, acronym in place, and then it conflicted with an existing acronym that was already out there, and they didn't okay. realize it. So what they did to change reacts to what it is now, the reacts with the slash in it uh -huh. is by adding that slash. And by adding that slash, they were able to distinguish it from the already existing acronym of reacts. So Evelyn Watson was involved in that process as well of, of making okay. that change. <laughs> wow. 
small things and big things. Yes, right. absolutely. <laughs> that are important. But that's history, right? I mean, yeah, it is. It's both the small and the big. So, Ray, anything else that you might add? That's not, that's okay. We can. <laughs> no, I don't think I have anything more. If I okay. do, I'll call you and we'll do this again. All right. Absolutely. Would be, would love to do that. So. All right. All right. Ray, thank you so much for being with us. Glad to do it. Thank you for listening to ORAU at 75, a special series celebrating ORAU's 75th anniversary. To learn more about our history, visit the About section of our website, orau.org, and scroll down to Our History.